Ladies and gentlemen, I have just received word of a late-breaking news bulletin. It appears it is time... It is time for the show. Much like Bruce Wayne is Batman, my boy Sam is the swag man with the best guests, not the best dress, but the secrets, he's the best gift. So everybody gather round, it is time for the show. Gather round, everybody, it is time for the show. If you're looking for the football takes, if you're playing for high stakes, or just in like a home league with your friends and co-workers or something, uh, here it is, the show with Sam Wagman. And are you ready for the show with the swag man? Are you ready for the show with the swag man? Are you ready for the show 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 for the swag man? What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Uh, I am your host, Sam Wagman. You can find me at Swagman95 on Twitter. You can find me at the show FF on Twitter. Uh, along with all my stuff at uh, 14 Personnel. You can find my Eagles content over at 4th and John. But uh, we got a very special guest tonight. And, uh, you know, we, we've been chatting a little bit for the past couple months. You know, we kind of connected a little bit earlier. And uh, I was really happy you agreed to come do this because I know you're a big best ball guy. And uh, we got a nice little show planned for you guys. Derek, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Sam? Uh, thanks for having me, man. I mean, look, I told you in DMs, I was like, whatever you want to talk, whatever day, as long as I can make it work, let's make this happen, dude. So excited to be here. I, I, look, I, I've been out in these best ball streets, sitting here posting lineups, all kinds of stuff. I, it, it's been awesome, man. I mean, that's what we're at. We're at rookie draft season, and we're at best ball season right now. So let's chop it up tonight, man. Dude, and the, what I love best about like rookie, like this period is that you know it, we're after the draft, like we talked about. So you know everyone's kind of stopped talking about the draft that much, and you know now we're kind of on to like rookie mini camps just started today, like the Eagles one started today, and uh, you know everyone's kind of hyping up best ball because these are these are the times that it's kind of a lull. You know we don't have much to do until training camp starts in you know July and August. So. From here until then, we're kind of just grinding out some best ball content. And, uh, you know, I really just I, I wanted to do a best ball draft tonight because, first of all, I, I've never done one live before. I think it would be cool to see, you know, us talk about some strategy, stuff like that. But uh, I, I really kind of want to do a best ball draft because I, I think everyone should see what underdog fantasy is uh, is coming into. And uh, it, it really is awesome what they're doing. And you guys can find them at underdog fantasy on Twitter. And uh, they put on a great product for us. But uh, before we do that, I kind of want to go back uh, into you. I want to, you know, kind of tell everyone like how you started because I I know I dug in dug into you a little bit. You've been at this a while. Like you've been podcasting, uh, writing, doing all this fantasy football stuff like on the on the level like for like three years now. So how how did you get into this? Yeah. So uh, way back when. Um... We had moved uh, from Louisiana to Texas and stuff, and you know, you move to a new location, you don't have as many friends, and you're like, okay, well, how am I going to fill my time besides running after my kids every single day? And fantasy football was always a massive hobby for me, and I was always far too into it than everybody else in my leagues. Like, I used to get text calls, all kinds of stuff from people, and they were like, look, I'm not trading you shit. Stop. Leave me alone. Like, I, you've already sent me, like, four offers. It's all good. Like, leave me alone. And... We moved to Texas, and my wife and I had always played in leagues together and stuff like that. I ended up, mm -hmm. like, one day I was just like, you know what? Like, I, I, I think I could actually, like, try to write or at least put something out there into the ether. I had a Twitter account. 
got on there and I DM'd a few people that I had saw like were at least online and in the space and stuff. I still remember like I cold DM'd Anthony Servino and Mike mm-hmm. Hoffs, who I still talk to to this day. And I was like, um, so how'd you get started writing? Like, where do you write? Like, what does that look like? Like, I, I want to do it, but I don't know how. And mm-hmm. that spawned into I got hooked up with a website that is now defunct. I mean, they sell draft kits, but no other content. Uh, it was Fantasy Football 24-7. And the relationship with the owner of that site went from, hey, I, I want to write some articles. I'm going to do it for free. Um, to, hey, do you want a podcast? Hey, do you want to run the site? Hey, do you want to edit? Hey, do you want to help like co-run all of this? Mm-hmm. And that kind of led to... Uh, I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to give this at least a shot. Like, not like I had no aspirations at that time of trying to do this like a full time gig. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe I could just make some whiskey money, man. Like, make some money, like, or make a little bit of extra cash throughout the year, save up, bring my family on a vacation or whatever. Like, whatever I make out of doing this, mm-hmm. and then also bringing in some cash. Like, it justifies all the time to my wife, mm-hmm. and so. The more I kind of dove into it, I started writing. I wrote for Player Profiler for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I wrote for, uh, I became like an, I don't want to say like an assassin, but I was basically like, what established brands and sites can I write for and kind of get my name out there on bigger platforms? So I wrote for the, uh, for Roto Underworld for a little bit, wrote for Number Fire uh, for a little bit for JJ, um, got hooked up, and then... Um, I got hooked up with a few different sites and I stumbled across, um, somebody that I'm very, very close to these days, uh, Elliot Christ. And he had put out Mm -hmm. a tweet into the space and everybody talks about networking. And sometimes like we were friends because, or we weren't friends at the time. We knew each other basically through the owner of 24 seven. They were in a bunch Mm -hmm. of leagues together. And so I called DM Elliot. I was like, look. He put something out in the space like, hey, I got a, a crazy announcement and blah, blah, blah. Like, basically, he was going to start, you know, doing this as a job. And he's like, I can't announce anything yet. And I said, I cold DM'd him and I said, you know, I was like, whatever you got working on, you know, whether it's site or whatever. I was like, first of all, congrats. Second of all, if you need anybody to write or whatever, I'd love to sit here and throw my hat in the ring. So, mm. like, I sent him, I emailed him two of my articles and boof. Like, he hit me up the next day and it was for a DFS site. Which is, I think it's still running. I don't, I don't really know because they don't really do much of anything these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the Quan Edge. And so I got hooked up doing that. Um, and basically, I never said no to anything. Nothing. And mm-hmm. and prior, probably a little bit to my detriment. Um, but did a ton of stuff for the Quan Edge. Uh, that ended up cutting all content. And so I was basically in free agent land. Mm-hmm. Um done some work with Sirius, with DK Sweat, things like that. And really, I mean, honestly, Sam, like, I, I just grinded the hell out of this. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, look, if I can, I might not be the master of anything, but I'm not going to be like a total dunce at anything. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can't sit here, like, I want to sit here and dive into as many things as I possibly can and get as good as I possibly can at all type of stuff. So... That eventually landed like a, an interview and everything with, with FTN, and here it is today, man. I mean, I it's all been a crazy three years, a lot of places, a lot of content, a lot of no sleep, um, doing podcasts. Like when I was uh, – so before I did all of this, I was a pediatric nurse for about 14 okay. years. Uh, I worked for St. Jude, did all of that. I did management. I did – I was a nurse manager, um, all that kind of stuff, and – Man, I used to podcast on before work, 
after work. I, I That's what I did on a lot of my lunch breaks. Shout out to Benny Heiss, who I was on his pod. Like, I'd be walking and like pacing around the parking lot <laughs> doing a podcast off of my phone. And then I'd go right back. I wouldn't even have lunch. I'd just podcast on my lunch break, go back into work, work and stuff like that, and then get home, write articles and what have you, dude. So it's been crazy. I can't say it was the healthiest path to ever single to, to ever take. But, I mean, look, it, it is what it is. Yeah, and I'm definitely, like, as someone who's new to this space, and I just joined in a couple, few months ago, uh, you know, the best advice that I've been given is to, you know, find a time management that works the best for you. But to still, you know, know that if you want to pursue this, then you have to, you have to work at it, you have to do it, but not to an unhealthy extent. And uh, I, I really think it's important that you, you know your limits and your boundaries when you're, when you're doing this. But you know, to do everything that you've done, you grinded at it. You obviously succeeded. You're here at FTN. You host a great show, uh, Chalk or uh, Fade the Chalk, uh, that I personally love to listen to. I know, I know, uh, it's one of our friend Steph's favorite favorite shows. Uh, she loves listening to it. So, I mean, it, it is a great show. But um, what what other do you have any other advice that you would offer to someone who's just trying to break into this industry, like how to manage your time, stuff like that? Uh, I can't give any advice about how to manage time. I'm I'm absolutely terrible at it, like <laughs> horrible at it. Um, as am I. As am I. I have a hard time just knowing when to shut it off, dude. Like, I, and honestly, like, and doing it full time that hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've literally all day today. I mean, I I've been at my desk writing and and doing content. I mean, we did two podcasts earlier today. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really can't any. Uh, Put it this way, any advice that I give you as far as time management is going to be really disingenuous because I don't even follow my own damn advice. So mm-hmm. I wish I could sit here and tell people like a good way to do that. Um, if anybody has any kind of good, good advice or tips, <laughs> we're, 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 I would take it. We're here. We're here for I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, but as far as like breaking into the industry and stuff, you hear – all types of stuff these days. I mean, whether it's networking and all these slogans and the same repeated crap from people every single day. You got to sit here and you got to be positive. You got to network. You got to sit here and and, and be, you have to put out stuff that nobody else is doing, blah, 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 blah. A lot of this stuff, like, you hear it so often. It's like, is that really helpful to anybody? I mean, honestly, man, my best thing that I could tell anybody these days would be, and, and I, I, I talked about this on, uh, shout out to Dynasty Vipers. I talked to this uh, on their podcast, and that's kind of where this was spawned off the top of my bald head, was either be niche or be multiple. And really, like, that's literally like either you dive into one thing and you are the damn best and you know it front and back, or dive into as many different things as you possibly can. Like, since I got into this space, I started a redraft. I mm-hmm. dove into Dynasty. I started working for TQE back in the day. I had never played a lick of DFS in my life because mm-hmm. I, I lived in a state for four, like my entire life up until the last like five years where I couldn't play DFS. I didn't even know what it was. And I started working with that site, and I slowly started to learn it and all this kind of stuff. And now all I do is just as much DFS content as I do anything else. And so, and you talk about best ball. Hell, best ball's a brand new frontier. There's not a ton of content out there. Not a ton of sharp content out there. So, like, 
if you're going to dive into something, either cast the net as wide as you possibly can. So when you're trying to sit here and you, you want to present yourself to a company, to a website, to anybody and say, this is all of the things that I can do. And they're going to look at you and say, well, what the hell can't you do? Or you're going to say, I can do this one or two things and I do them really, really, really damn well. And that's honestly the best advice I can give anybody. Don't know if it's good. Don't know if it's great. It could suck. But that's all I got. <laughs> that's it. Well, uh, you know, I don't want to keep too many people waiting since we do have a full room. So uh, we came on here to give you guys a best ball draft, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, Derek, without further ado, why don't you go on, join as our 12th person, and uh, let's get this best ball draft started. I'm going to share my screen and uh, let you guys follow along us follow along with us. All right, this link will load. And yes, follow follow, follow Davis's uh, best ball content. Uh, I did read a couple of his articles and stuff. It is actually pretty good, um, you know, for someone who's new to best ball like myself. But uh, you know, stuff that he's putting out. I mean, it, it's it's not a saturated it, uh, it's not a saturated industry right now. So it's uh, you know it's free and clear. And Davis is doing a great job with his stuff there. All right, let me try to access this another way. Okay. Sorry. So, Every no, time you okay. want to do something in tech, and, and <laughs> then, it, of course, it has a brain fart. Um, Absolutely. It's one of those things, man. Um, did you play best ball last year, or is this your first I year did playing not, into it? I did not. This is legitimately my first year. Yeah. Uh, I dove right into it when you know I saw uh, – I think the first one I did was with uh, with Dave Kluge. Uh, okay. He he posted one on the timeline. Oh, you gotta get Kluge, I know he's man. I I know he's dove right into it, man. I get Kluge on a daily basis. <laughs> um, send me that link again. The last oh. link it it just looks. I don't know if they're having an issue with the server right now on Underdog okay. or what. I sent it. Okay. But uh, while we're waiting for that to load, uh, you know, tell tell everyone about the fantasy black book because that you know is something a lot of people know, but not everyone knows, and it's something that Joe Pisapia does, and it's a great piece of content. But uh, what do you do for fantasy black book? Oh, Joe has me doing all the dirty work, man. I love Joe to death, Joe. Uh, and again, we're talking about cold DMs, and <laughs> um, I, I DM Joe. It's probably about two or three years ago. I don't know what the heck the problem is. I apparently can't get into this room. Um, hmm. It's odd. But um, but the, the background on Joe is I cold DM'd him, uh, oh, this is probably about two, two three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, you know, the Black Book's awesome. I've heard great things. I was like, if you ever need anybody to work on stuff, look, I, I, I'm willing, man. And mm -hmm. so he put me on tight ends, and last year, uh, so the first year I did tight ends, second year I did uh, team previews uh, for the NFC North, and I did uh, defense. And this year I'm back on defense, and I'm back on tight ends. So I always, I always mess with him. I love to poke Joe and mess with him about stuff. But I always, like, you give me the dirty work stuff, you give me mm -hmm. the, the, the nasty positions that nobody else wants to write and stuff, just so I can sit here and pull his chain a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's fantastic, man. There is an awesome, awesome team this year. 
mean, we got Mike Florio from NFL. We got a bunch of other people in there that have done amazing content across the fantasy industry. Um, my dude, Nate Hamilton's doing it uh, again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why this link won't let me in, Sam. Um, I'm trying to, uh, I'm going to do it from, let's try this from here. I've never gotten this, the, the that message before. Uh, I sent it to the wrong room. Um, I'll send this to you. Maybe it'll work off of my phone. All right, let's try this. That does like, happen sometimes that it that it like doesn't bring up the the league, but that's that's very odd that that's happening. It just says the branch team has been notified and looking into it. Something about there there's an issue on their server. Okay, well that is uh, as I well I guess in the meantime. Since we're having technical difficulties, we can uh, we can talk what we're going to talk about during the draft anyway. So, um, okay. Sam, you Safari. Oh, I tried it off my phone, Scott. I'm not sure if that was the issue. I think it's like the actual underdog server. Yeah, I think it could be. Because I sent it. it on, yeah, I just I've sent it off my browser. Phone. I've tried it on my phone. Hmm. Well, I can try. I can try a. Uh, I can. I can. Uh, I'll. I'll create a new one. Let's try that. But uh, let's see. Okay. Here, let's try a new one. Create private draft. Okay. I'm going to send the new one. Okay. I was like, I mean, at, at the very basement, if, if I'm having tech issues on my side, you and I can sit here and just walk hand in hand mm-hmm. and stroll down the best ball lane and sit here and draft the team together. Yeah, we can do that too. Um, if this doesn't work, that's what we'll do. Okay. And we can find we can find uh, one more person. I'm sure that's not an issue. But uh, let, let's start with uh, what we were talking about anyway. So I want to go into some facts and myths, uh, you know, about the draft, about the uh, about the NFL as a whole. But uh, so let, let's start with some of the draft, uh, you know, facts and myths. What did you think about the Bengals drafting Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell? What was the right move there for them? Um, so for me, I think you really can splice this up either way, man. I mean, honestly, like um, I. I I personally thought that they should have gone with Sewell and they could have got another like talented wide receiver in mm-hmm. the second round. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Cincinnati didn't agree with me and they were like, well, whatever, like, you know, but okay. So it looks like I could possibly get into this one. Um, whatever issue they were having with their server, they're not now. So I'm in the original one. Okay. All right. So, um, um, but um, yes, but about Sewell and stuff with Cincinnati, I could see where they were like, okay, if, say, an outside wide receiver that we feel like is not the same caliber of Jamar Chase, which this class was really, really shallow, Sam. Mm-hmm. And so I can understand that versus mm-hmm. them being like, okay, 
The offensive line's not great. Is it good enough to sit here and protect Joe Burrow? And can we add other pieces in a deep offensive line class? Personally, I think the move was to go Sewell, mm-hmm. considering that they didn't they had good wide receivers to begin with, but if Cincinnati's like we can get good enough blocking mm-hmm. and we get a stud like Chase and then we just fill in the corners and the cracks everywhere else, mm-hmm. I, I I can't fault it, man. I but again, like you're asking me to take a side here. I think they should have gone with Sewell, but that's just me. Yeah, and I think I I'm I'm with you on that, and I think they definitely should have gone with Sewell too. But uh, it, it is arguable. I mean, they took Jackson Carmen in the second round. That's not mm-hmm. a terrible pick, but it, it's not it's not Penny Sewell. It's not Slater. You know, it's not um, someone that would have helped. And uh, I don't think that Burrow is gonna like die or anything on the field. Like w- like. This strategy is not going to kill them, but it's not the best thing for them. And it, it kind of does have me worried that um, yeah, this is just not working. And the people that left is getting the – they're getting the error message too. So we're going to just so do what I had to this. do. What I had to do in Internet Explorer, at least on my phone and stuff, is if okay. you just pull the drop down, it'll give you a link or it says like open the underdog app. Mm-hmm. And so I clicked open the app and then it pulled it up. Okay. At least that's what I did for my phone um, to sidestep it. I, I couldn't find a way to sidestep it on the browser, but clicking the link and then when it pulled up the error message, if you barely like pull down and then click um, at the very top, it'll say it. It'll, I mean, this is what I'm seeing on my iPhone. I don't know if anybody else has got different setups, but yeah, I have no. We're we're just missing two people. So if they figure it out, they figure it out. But uh, you know, for the meantime, we will uh, we'll just talk our facts and myths. But uh, what about the Kadarius Tony pick at uh, at twenty? What did you think oh, about that? That was a terrible pick. It was a horrible <laughs> pick. I'm, and I'm sorry. Like, look, Smalls, if you're watching this show, I'm sorry, not sorry. Um, it was a terrible pick. Like, I think Gettleman got absolutely brain fried. He traded back once. His noodle got fried, and he's like, "Look, like we need to sit here and get a wide receiver." And I, I, I just look Kadarius Tony. If you look at his analytical profile, it was it's riddled with potholes, mm-hmm. and I mean you're literally hoping that he's an outlier, and he debunks all of these different things. But even if you turn on the film, I mean the guy's explosive. That's great, but his route running needs work. He, I mean, and the other thing about it is like we all kind of talked about it and we wanted him to go to a place where they were going to have like a a creative play call or somebody that was going to scheme him into space and allow him to grow as a player and maybe actualize this, this type of upside. Who the hell is going to think that that is any type or any type of uh, description of Jason Garrett? Because it sure as hell isn't. Jason Garrett is incredibly, incredibly adult minded. He's horrible. Like, if he's not fired, like, if Judge stays around and Garrett's in this offense tanks again, Garrett's gone. So, I think the best thing you can hope for Kadarius Tony is that maybe Garrett's gone after this year and they bring in somebody smart and then they can unlock him. But it's difficult, Sam. It's difficult to see why the hell they picked him that high. Because I could almost be like, like, why didn't they just trade back again? But then there's rumors of, like, okay, well, maybe other teams wanted him. But, uh-huh. again, at that point... I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like it's it's the NFL getting married to whether we it's are. his his analytics or whatever. But I did I hated the pick. Personally. We are live. We we have we have twelve people. So let's go. We have this draft ready to go. 
Oh, the 103. And right, I am sweet. the 101. So I, I, uh, I saw. Oh, so you're gonna go uh, wide receiver, right? You're gonna just I, I debunk the chalk. Before, I saw before the draft <laughs> that Steph was 101 in a league in a superflex league that she picked Kyler Murray. I am going to do the same and zag instead of zig, and you guys will see what I do. But uh, I'm sorry for the technical difficulties; they do happen. <laughs> Let's get this draft started. But uh, in the meantime. Etn or J Rob? For me, uh, wait. Who's who's going to lead the backfield this year or dynasty? Who's, who's or? a better who's a who's a better option for the Jaguars? Say they keep them both long term. Say they're both on million year contracts. I mean, J Rob's around there for the next two years, so you're going to see that happen, man. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like I think James Robinson's the better all around back. Um, I'm lower than consensus on ETN. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I talked about him being just a really sexy version of Tevin Coleman. Um, and I know it sounds like I'm throwing shade. I think he has more raw talent and more explosive ability than James Robinson. You're talking about who has the better vision, who can play and, and showed us that he's a three down back. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously James Robinson already did that, man. So, um, Oh, you went against the chalk. You did. You went Barkley for one on one. Nice. I faded. I faded the chalk. Oh, nice drop. Nice drop. I had to drop the name there. But uh, my uh, my I, I may just draft off my phone since this is being very very particular here. Let's see. Yeah, it's very laggy for me. But uh, so McCaffrey goes one hundred two. Of course, Dalvin. You took Dalvin at one hundred three. Um. Who's going to be better, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? Uh, in rookie season, I think Devontae Smith. Over their whole entire career, I still I lean Devontae Smith. I mean, I, it's not that I don't I thought like you were going to zag. I thought you were going to zag on me there for a second. I was oh, worried. no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 I love Devontae Smith. I absolutely mm-hmm. love him. And buying into him, you're buying into the fact that he is going to be an outlier, which I'm totally fine with. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. making that bet. I mean – Waddle, my comp has been Tyler Lockett for him, and I think that that's probably the career arc that he's probably going to have, not talking about injuries and things like that, but mm-hmm. not necessarily a high, high-volume target, but a guy that can sit here and have high-volume games, but he's really going to rely on speed and efficiency in the big ceiling weeks. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I envision for Waddle, and Devonta Smith is a guy we could see both. We, we, we could see... I mean, he's shown the ability to win at all levels of the field. He's also shown the ability to sit here and win deep. And I, I think that he's a guy that could be a high-volume target for a passing offense, and that's why I lean with him because I think that the target volume for him is going to be more sustainable year after year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I definitely think – and I'm a big Devontae Smith fan. I'm sure you've seen me all over all over the timeline talking about Devontae Smith. I do it at least once a day at this point. My name <laughs> – uh, on most of my live streams is typically Devonte Smith is elite. It was what it was. I decided to change it off because uh, it's getting a little old because he's still <laughs> going to be elite. Um, I, I saw him. I, I saw some of the rookie mini camp clips of him today from uh, the first day of mini camps. And nice. I, I'm, I'm just very excited for the fact Eagles haven't had a thousand yard wide receiver since 2014 when Jeremy Macklin was in green and white for us. And the problem with the Eagles is that they've never been good at developing wide receiver talent. So, But I'm not too worried about Devontae Smith because there's he just doesn't seem like he's going to bust. He doesn't seem like 
someone that they reached on, like the Rager pick last year. And I love the Rager pick. I was, I was not a huge uh, fan of Justin Jefferson pre-draft uh, mostly because I wasn't doing analysis like I did this year. And I didn't know as much. I, I'm sure if I did more analysis, I would have found that the Jeff- Jefferson was the guy last year, but uh, I was all in on Jalen Rager, but I never really saw him as a one. And I, I think the Eagles reached a little bit uh, trying to f- – because the draft capital essentially made them try to turn him into in the, the number one guy there. And it really didn't make sense for them. Um, but I- I'm happy that they have a guy that can be considered a number one receiver now. I have no concerns about his stupid BMI. I have no concerns about anything else with him. He doesn't have any concerns, and that's the most important part. He is the most uh, – if there's a flawless prospect, receiver prospect in this draft, it's not Chase. It's him. So I'm there. I, I love him. I mean, I, I I don't disagree with anything that you said. I mean, I, I think that Ray uh, – I actually was a big Rager guy too. I think he was my wide receiver one or two going into last year. I mm-hmm. think that he can play outside. Um, mm-hmm. I think that considering weird offseason injuries and stuff like that, I don't really think that we've seen the best out of Jalen Rager yet. So I think the jury still is out on him. So I, I'm not willing to sit here and and count too much of this against him, at least at this point right now. Absolutely. And, and I, it's, there's just no there's just no reason that he can't step right in and year one, 100 targets. Uh He's not going to be a wide receiver one for fantasy, but he can definitely be a you know a very high wide receiver three. He should be. He can definitely sneak into that top twenty four. I have him inside my top twenty four for redraft. Uh, well, Sam, the I've, other thing about you talk about Rager, like the uh, other no. thing about him. Oh, for Devontae Smith. Yeah, for Devontae yeah, Smith. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Rager, Rager, I think is going to slot in there as as their as their burner type. He's going to take the role of Deshaun Jackson. They He's need gonna, to put him in the slot. Is what they need to do. They should have done that last year just to ease this transition mm-hmm. and allow him to sit here and, and play like play against off corners and ease some of this transition for him. I think that's probably what we see this year, Sam. Like if Devontae Smith's gonna be on the outside, I think he does play a little bit in the slot, but Fulgham I think is gonna play the other side. Rager should be the starting slot wide receiver over Greg Ward. And if that's the case, we could see a much better, more polished, full offseason Jalen Rager this year. So I mean, look, we haven't talked about him yet, and I, I don't know how many name drops I want to sit here and talk about here yet, but I've been all in on Jalen Hurts before any of this stuff like this year. Mm-hmm. I was all in on Jalen Hurts before the Eagles even freaking took him. I'm still there, man. I love him. Love Jalen Hurts. I want to see, and, and the rest of the NFL wants to see whether he can be a starting quarterback in this league. And it, it's not even his fantasy upside is is his true talent. I mean, he's the Konami code. He's the cheat code. You know, he's got top. He's got a, a QB one overall upside, and it, it wouldn't shock me to see him land squarely inside the top five. Uh, there and. I mean, there's a wide contingent on fantasy Twitter that, you know, is coming around to that. But it's going to be very interesting to see if he does enough for the Eagles to retain him next year. Um, I They're going to retain him nonetheless. He's a second-round pick. He's 
you 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 owe him uh you know just over a million dollars for the next two years you don't owe him a lot of money so whether they decide he's their guy or not he's gonna be there until his contract runs out because if nothing else he's a very high caliber backup for them oh yeah i mean i think that he's gonna be given this year to prove that he could be an nfl starter Mm -hmm. and if he can cut the mustard they're probably going to let him roll with it. And if he can't, they're probably going to be picking high because they got a really bad team. And they're just going to go out and get the quarterback next year. So I yeah. think it's it's really – it's this year to sit here and for him to establish himself. But I like it. Like, I like it, Sam. Like, the, the, the pieces they have put around him, he can have the ability to do so. Yeah, and I think that uh, people haven't given up, given him enough credit. And I think it's great that you're all in on Hurts, like specifically as as a quarterback at this level. People forget that you know he put up you know numbers like twenty seven and two at Alabama. Uh, he, he's not a bad quarterback. And sure, the, the no. system has to be kind of tailored around him, but that's what the Eagles do. The Eagles were able to tailor a system around Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl on short notice after Carson Wentz went down in 2017. They were able to do it again the following year, you know, after Wentz had the back injury for Nick Foles as well. There's no reason that he shouldn't be able to uh, pull something off here, and I am in a bit of a quandary. There's no wide receivers <laughs> here. That's the problem with this one spot, but I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Galladay since he's one of the few alpha guys that are left. Um, What's your thoughts on Galladay for this year? Well, uh, but while I, I like hang him. you up while you're making your second pick, go ahead and get your second I, pick in and tell me Galladay. Okay. Like <laughs> um, let's see. We're gonna go. We're gonna go Josh Allen here. Um, and I haven't gotten to do that yet. That's my first share of Josh Allen in best ball. I'm kind of excited nice. about that. But uh, I like Galladay, and, and you know, it, it, again, it's the same issues that Kadarius Tony has. It's Jason Garrett. It's whether that. A, created enough offense can be tailored around him coupled with the fact that and please Steph if you're if you're watching this please do not do not hate me Daniel Jones has just not shown that he can you know be a relevant starting quarterback in this league he just hasn't been great he you know he had 11 touchdowns to I want to say it was 18 turnovers last year but I'm not quite sure on that whatever it was he far outpaced himself with the turnover. So that, that's a major issue. I mean, this is this is his last shot. It doesn't matter that he has Jason Garrett as his play caller. I mean, that that in and of itself is a recipe for disaster. But um, I'm not sure. I, I like Galladay because he's an alpha guy. We know he's we know he can mm-hmm. produce. Uh, but will the quarterback hurt him? You know, that that's the that's the big question. So I I like Daniel Jones. I, I think that we saw him flash whenever the system was better for him with Shermer there. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think that Jason Garrett is probably just going to screw all of this up and be fired after this year is because they have so much damn talent as far as skill guys. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to go up and down the roster, dude. Like, they've got Darius Slayton. they got Kenny Galladay. they got Evan Ingram. They've got Sterling Shepard. Like, they've got Kyle Rudolph. they got Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. All kinds of talent in the passing game. And I still think that Jer- Jason Garrett is going to find a way to make this offense vanilla, terrible, and horrible. And not accentuate what Daniel Jones does. And it, the whole thing, and I saw this out on Twitter, and I absolutely agree with it the other day, is that Shermer utilizes 
a ton of uh, RPOs, play action when he was there. And we sure. saw Daniel Jones like thrive in that. It's instead of like these four step drops and you know, you got somebody running deep outs and stuff like that. Jason Garrett needs to pull his head out of his ass and sit here and learn like what an actually creative offense looks like. Maybe we get that with this Kadarius Tony pick, but I, look, we've seen too much of, of just bad vanilla offenses out of Jason Garrett for me to sit here and think that, okay, this dog has learned new tricks. I, I, I'm not there yet. Yeah, and uh, that's the major problem with Garrett. I don't know how he's still a play caller in this league. He doesn't deserve it. I mean, I and I despise the Cowboys. Like, really despise the Cowboys. <laughs> Being an Eagles fan, obviously, I have every right to despise the Cowboys. But Is that what you were asking me in DMs, like, if I, I was a Cowboys fan? <laughs> well, I was asking if you are a Cowboys fan, because I know you live in Texas, and... Yeah. Uh, uh, I am not honestly, a Cowboys fan. That, well, just to throw that out there. You're all thankful for that. But because uh, I remember we talked about it once, and I wasn't sure if you said Cowboys or someone else. I knew it was someone in the NFC. But uh, I thought it would be cool if we uh, if we dropped some of the you know the schedule takes, and that that's why I was asking. So you know because I know there's a you know obviously Cowboys Eagles is always a big thing every single year. But uh, we can talk about that. I mean we play we play the Saints this year in a obviously a game that is always very heated because of the history that over the last few years of the saints have of blowing us out. Uh, obviously the playoff game that we played against you guys a few years ago where Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles? Pass, where he let the pass. Y'all took it to us last year. Jalen hurts ran all over the That's damn true. field, man. That's Him true. Miles Sanders. Didn't they win that game? We did. We did win that yeah. game, but we weren't supposed to win that game. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true, man. That was the first hundred yard rusher Oh my God! Why did who, who sniped me, man? Who got Justin Herbert right there? Are you serious? <laughs> my player Why? is still on the board. He will stay. He must stay. My That's rough, there. dude. That's that absolutely rough. brutal. Can't believe that just happened. That's brutal. <laughs> who sni- who sniped Justin Herbert? Craig did. <laughs> Why? Roto Why did Craig, you do that? the gift king, the gift oh, king. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> That's crucial, man. Come on. Why you do that to me? <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Fine. I'm going to sit here and just go to another wide receiver then. That was going to be a Herbert pick for me. <laughs> I would have been surprised if Herbert lasts that long. And now I got sniped. Nice. Uh, damn you, Sutton Davis. Man? Oh, man. I, I'm a big Sutton guy. Both Again, both. See, here's the reason why me and Kluge can't draft together. Because our draft strategies and the players we love are so similar that we will go battle with each other. We literally had one where we all we did was snipe each other back and forth for an entire draft. And all he said to me after is, I cannot draft with you anymore because all we do is <laughs> all we do is snipe all we do is snipe each other. So um Let's see. I'll t- okay. I'll take Chase Edmonds there, but uh, yeah, I'm a big Sutton guy. Uh, before this, he was 85% exposure on about uh, I think 12 drafts. So you know, I'm big on him. Big. I, I think Sutton is an elite talent. Uh, I'm he's the he's the last elite alpha guy that's down here. And obviously, having Drew Locke as his quarterback does not help him at all whatsoever. But man, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Mm-hmm. That's a Super Bowl. That's a Super Bowl team, right? I mean, look, their offense is stacked, dude. Like, their the offensive line is good. The defense, if they could stay healthier, is going to be extremely good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a possibility. Um, I'm not going to rule anything out for Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, just considering, 
all the things we see coming out of Green Bay, you just don't know which direction that's going to go. Um, so, it, I mean, it's difficult right now. So you're doing all these best ball drafts. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, Sam, we just saw Devontae Adams, and I took him because I had to stop the fall. I mean, he <laughs> fell all the I way to the that. 22nd pick, man. Like, at that point, I almost don't give a shit who his quarterback is. Like, he's still going to, like, at the basement, Devontae Adams, even if his quarterback is freaking Blake Bortles. Like, we still know Devontae Adams is going to get a ton of volume. You're looking at, like, what is he at that point? He's De- he's DeAndre Hopkins with crap quarterback play, which is still a top 15 still wide receiver. Great. I yeah, mean, top still 15, he's still, top, he's still a top five, arguably. <laughs> I mean, arguably, yeah. Like, I so, you know, I, I think that, If Aaron Rodgers does stay in Green Bay, it's going to be really interesting as far as, like, what happens with that offense and doing these best ball drafts and, and, you know, what we see as far as, like, ADP. Like, everybody's gravitating away from a lot of different teams or or players right now. And that's one of the great things. If you're building a portfolio of best ball, you want to sit here and, and take some of these players. You want to diversify whenever the ebbs and flows, like, people are down and their ADPs are dropping. Then you get some exposure to these players you know, even if like, okay, say we're all wrong about stuff. You know, I had a ton of exposure to Buffalo, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs last year. They carried me to, I almost got to the final table in Best Ball Mania and the bubble. Um, if Pittsburgh went, and Ben Roethlisberger wouldn't have actually like just crapped his pants there at the end, mm-hmm. I would have been sitting at the final table all in the money. You know, because I leaned into, okay, everybody was sitting here crapping on Buffalo, and I was like, let me get some shares of this, and their ADPs, if all of this does come to fruition, which we saw, they smashed everybody, Sam. Right. Everybody. Yeah, and, and that was the thing with Buffalo last year. I mean, everyone, was, nobody was in on Stephon Diggs last year. I had a home league that he went in, I want to say it was the eighth round. I took him in the eighth round, and I rode that man all the way to a championship. And that was one of the easiest things I have ever done. I, I just couldn't figure out why everyone was suddenly sleeping on Stefan Diggs, whether or not it was Josh Allen that he had to make a quantum leap just to make him relevant or not. It's still Stefan Diggs. He's still a star. There's no reason that um, he should have been in a spot where everyone was sleeping on him that bad. And I'm so going speaking to go. of zigging and zagging, I just took the Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams stack, and I'm going to sit mm-hmm. here and play the narrative that we're all wrong, and then he goes back to Green Bay because the ADPs are dropping. And I was like, God, if I keep talking about this on air, if people are tuning into this, they're going to sit here and snipe me because Aaron Rodgers is like the top quarterback left. <laughs> um, but I play. I, I, I went ahead and gave you my analysis, Sam. Just I, I played with fire there, just in case, man. I and I just took one of my favorite stacks lately, and that's the Tom Brady Antonio Brown stack. Um, and th- I think that's a great stack for him because uh, if you look at it, I mean, he didn't play for two years. He comes back, and you know the list of guys he he's doing. He's getting more points per game than some of the top you know fifteen guys on the board, and I for. Uh, I think I can pull up the tweet here. I just exit underdog, but I can pull up the tweet and Antonio Brown is just killing it. You know, the last couple of years, he, he averaged more fantasy points per game than Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, CD lamb, Kenny Galladay, Cooper cup and T Higgins. So Antonio Brown is like a steal at this point in the ninth round, you know, on an, on an offense that, throws a ton with Tom Brady. Uh, I'm all day 
on Antonio Brown there. And, you know, if Antonio Brown has a sliver of what made him like the overall fantasy wide receiver one for like six years from like 2012 all the way to 2018, like what's what's what else is there to do there? So I like Antonio Brown and I, I can't disagree with any of the points that you made. The only thing I'll say about Antonio Brown is we we saw Chris Godwin kind of playing with one hand for part of the end of the last season. So I think mm-hmm. that he can actualize and grab some more of that target share. And the other way, the, the, the problem in, in this format for Antonio Brown, with Underdog being 0.5 PPR versus PPR, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how much touchdown equity he's going to have in this offense. So they used him a ton in the screen game. What I want to see for Antonio Brown is, um, is that they use him more downfield this year, which could happen. I mean, the guy came in off the street, like literally we had to get his legs under him and stuff like that. So full off season, full training camp, all of those types of things. Could we see AB used down the field again? Yeah, that could definitely happen. I mean, Tom Brady showed everybody he ain't washed, man. And right. they in- they integrated more play action down the, the, the stretch of the season. Um, that's why you saw more Leonard Fournette and Rojo was just put on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So... If we see more play action and more deep shots, that's what I want for Antonio Brown. If they right. use him more in the screen game like they did towards the end of the season or like he was used basically when he arrived in Tampa, I got a little bit more concerns, um, and, and especially when you marry that in the touchdown equity. It's an interesting one. Um, let's, uh, let's finish up some of these facts or myths while we're uh, you know, into, the, into the deep part of this draft. Who was a better player in their prime, Julio Jones or A.J. Green? I, I got to go with Julio here. Julio is just a mutant. Like, Julio is like he's been built in a damn lab. Julio is still Julio now. You look at all the metrics and people talk about, like, oh, he's washed. Go look at his yards per route run last year. Go look at what he did when it was he was some semblance of healthy. He is not washed. He's not. And don't come at me with your injury-prone crap either. Like, you go look at all the the, 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 the game logs, man. He literally has played almost a full season over the last few years. So I'm I'm in the, like right now, the fact that Julio Jones is dropping to the fourth round in these drafts right now, which I grabbed him at pick 46, is mm-hmm. criminal. It's absolutely criminal. So yeah. I, I'm still in on him, man. Like I, if I got to face him versus A.J. Green, A.J. Green was really, really good. But if you want to talk about injuries and what sapped a player, AJ Green missed more games over the last few seasons than freaking Julio Jones. So give me Julio. Absolutely. And that foot, that foot really they both then they both struggled with foot injuries, which is, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of uh, iconic to, you know, to see that happen to both of two of the greatest of their time. Does Julio fall on your Mount Rushmore of uh, wide receivers ever? Uh, it depends on how big that mountain is. I think Julio is in the top 10. Now, where okay. you want to put him in that top 10 is very, very debatable. I think that two of the, well, the three that come to mind right now, off the top of my head, the best to ever put the cleats on right now, I mean, you would have to be talking about Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, and Jerry Rice. That's where the, the conversation starts for me. Yep. Um, is Julio, can he be four? Can he make the mountain? Sure. I, I won't fight anybody on that. Like, um, but I can't put him in the top three. So really, for for me, Sam, it depends on how big that mountain is. Are we talking about a mountain? Are we talking about a hill? Are we talking about somewhere I think in between? I think the mountain can be five people. Mountain can okay. be five people. Okay. You know, Mount Rushmore's four, so we can go with five there. I, I think Julio's <laughs> definitely 
if he if he's not there, if he's not at top five, he's right there for me. Um, I you know Terrell Owens is there as well for me. Um, trying to think of who else. For some reason, I'm just drawing a blank. But uh, Julio's right there, and he really has to be considered with the fact that you know just on statistical premise alone, he's one of the greatest athletic freaks to ever play this football game. He's so good, man, and he's still so good. Like, But there are so many other wide receivers and big-body wide receivers. Like, Brandon Marshall doesn't get enough love. He really, really doesn't. Yeah. For all the crappy quarterbacks he played with, all of the stuff that he did in his career. It's just because he didn't play on a lot of good teams. They didn't win a lot of games. He didn't get rings and stuff like that. So I don't think that people give that man his due when he really, really should. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for, for me, it really just comes down to, you know, how good you were over a period of time. And uh, I mean, Brandon Marshall was very good, but he just, you know, he wasn't always there. I mean, and he, he was good for a very short, he was very good for a short period of time, but not a, uh, a prolonged period of time. And I think that that hurts him a little bit overall. Ah, did you take yeah, Bateman? Did. Yeah, you took I did. Bateman. Dang it, yeah. I had Bateman in the queue. Damn I it, love, Sam. I love Bateman. I'm a, I'm, you know, big, big on Bateman just being the, you know, the wide receiver one for Lamar this year. And so, are I'm, you in the camp? Oh, Tell me this about Bateman, man, because I've been fighting people out on Twitter about all yeah. this stuff, and they cite me all the historical lows of passing in Baltimore. Where do you sit on Bateman? Do you are you pushing him down in Dynasty, or are you like me, like I'm just gonna dig no. my feet in? No, for me, uh, for me, I'm not taking my, I'm not dropping Bateman down my rankings. If I can Thank get you. that man, if I can get that man at one one ten and one eleven in rookie drafts, I'm taking that all day. Uh, I, I truly feel as though Lamar has never gotten a chance to show what he can do. Uh, with a stud wide receiver. Bateman is a true X. Yep. Well, Mar hasn't had that yet. No, Marquise Brown was miscast, yeah. dude. Marquise Brown was never going to be an X. Ever, ever, ever. He was woefully miscast as that. So I, I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm totally in on that. Like, I, I love Bateman. I think that he could get like a freaking 25% target share this year. And if that happens, yeah. wheels up, baby. Let's go. And a lot of people, a lot of people were skeptical because of his his last year, and you know his last year was oh, not God. was not great because he had COVID. He he you know he look, Tanner Morgan is an awful quarterback. Thank you. <laughs> he's terrible. He's I so talked about bad. this man. Like he's not good. We're Tyler never going to talk about Tanner Morgan as being an NFL quarterback you. ever ever. Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. and Rashad Bateman made Tanner Morgan look so good. Uh, you know, we can we can bring up the uh, we can bring up the video of Bateman, you know, streaking down the sideline with the with the one arm catch and for the touchdown <laughs> in the end zone. And that that's the basic one. But truthfully, Bateman does everything well. Uh, he was uh, for a period of time before I kind of came back to earth. He was my wide receiver too. Uh, ahead of Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was at three because I just feel Rashad Bateman was the safest player in this draft. You know, uh, he had what Smith didn't have. Him and Smith technically were the best two in this draft. And then, but you add the fact that Bateman doesn't have any of the, you know, the theoretical size concerns that Devontae Smith has. 
Bateman is your guy. Like he's the floor. He is the safe floor in this draft. And I was all in on him. Uh, if if Philly was able to move up, if they didn't take Devontae Smith, if they were able to move up back into the first round and grab Rashad Bateman, I was on it all day. Like he was yep. that he was that he's that good for me. I've been looking at him since last year when I started watching him when he was playing college in Minnesota. Uh, you know, I saw him take this one crossing route across the middle for, and then turn on the jets all the way for a touchdown. And he, you know, he, he just makes the game look so slow, you know, and I just feel as though he's a slam dunk pick for Lamar to be the uh, wide receiver one there. And there is no reason why he shouldn't succeed. No, I I don't disagree with you, man. I love Bateman and anybody that's going to sit here and start the conversation with what he did in 2020 and talk about his slot usage. Mm -hmm. I've talked about it. You're telling on yourself, man. You didn't go back. You didn't watch him in 2018. You didn't watch him in 2019. He's fantastic. He played on the outside all the way back then and just balled out like he manhandled people. Fantastic catches. Made Tanner Morgan look like an actual competent quarterback. Uh, so I, I, I'm with you. I think that he could sit here and gobble up targets this year. I think that there's big concerns um, it, it, in these types of drafts. If I was going to go with Lamar Jackson, I actually don't. I don't have any kind of want or love for Mark Andrews right now. I think Bateman could eat I'm not into a, his targets yeah. here. I'm not. So, I've never been a huge Mark Andrews guy. Uh, I've always let everyone else grab him around me. I've never been concerned with the fact that uh you know andrews is going to be the lead dog it's really why i stay, stayed away from the baltimore passing attack just because you with mark andrews and he doesn't have great hands either uh you know he routinely lets balls slip through his hands and it, it just makes for an uncomfortable ownership and i'm the type of guy this year at least that if i don't walk out with one of the top uh four or five tight ends uh after hawkinson and pitts for me I, I'm I'm upset with it. So I need to I need to be, you know, in that top five range for tight ends. And otherwise I'm not happy and I have just have to punt tight end completely. Cause the middle guys, they just don't do it for me. I'd rather take my uh my chance with the high upside sleepers there. So all right. Um let me let me let me pick your brain on this one. And and okay. now we all know Tom Brady is the best or the greatest of all time. Okay. But who's the best quarterback of all time? Not just talking about goats and Super Bowl wins and all nope, that. No, kind of we're stuff. talking about best put together quarterback of all time, whether it's physicality, arm strength, statistical. You know, we, we have we have the we have the guys here, and I just got auto picked and I picked Jalen Rager, which is not a bad thing. Um we hear what uh so, for me, I'm actually going to go a little bit off script. I loved him, and I feel like he was one of the first players that we saw really kind of open the door for all these running quarterbacks and stuff like that. I, I will go back, and I will sit here and tell you I love Steve Young. Love, Ooh. love, love Steve Young. Um, okay. Now, is he necessarily the best ever quarterback, period, period, period? Not necessarily, but whenever you watch Steve Young, that, that combination of accuracy, mobility, playmaking ability, I loved him um, through and through, man. If we would have gotten like a longer career out of Steve Young, injuries, what have you, 
Um, he was just absolutely fantastic, man. One of the first guys that I feel like kind of really like bust the door open for the mobile quarterbacks and stuff. Too. And yeah, as a lefty too, I mean, you get, you know, uh, when, when I was watching Michael Vick play, uh, when he joined the Eagles, uh, I mean, like shades of shades of Steve Young, man, the, the way that he played oh, and the way that Steve, and I never got to see Steve Young play. Obviously I'm a, I'm a young kid. I'm 26 years old. Yeah, I was a 49ers was... fan growing mm-hmm. up, and I remember being a little kid. I'm going to sit here and age myself right now. I remember <laughs> growing up, and I remember watching the 95 Super Bowl. My parents let me stay up, and I remember watching Steve Young ball out that year with Jerry Rice. They played the Chargers, and they crushed them, man. Um, I remember staying up and watching that one. So it, it'll always – it's one of those things like you go back and you try to remember your first real – memories of football and your association with the game that's one of the earliest ones for me like i used to have and i remember those jerseys that year jersey for san francisco was awesome they had like the black outline and the shading around the numbers and stuff like that still i love those throwback jerseys so it's our one of my earliest memories so that's probably why i'm sitting here recalling steve young of all freaking players <laughs> i i like that you know i was not expecting you to stay steve young i was expecting you to kind of go you know a little chalky and go along the lines of uh you know brady manning rogers uh you know i'm gonna go i'm i'm gonna go with peyton manning for for mine because i i truly yep. think that no one has personified the quarterback position more than the sheriff did, you know, for the game of football. I mean, you know, came out in 98, uh, you know, immediately, you know, had the most interceptions ever for a rookie. I think it was 26. And, you know, everyone wrote him off immediately, you know, and and nobody was really sure that he was going to be the guy. But, I mean, Marvin Harrison, uh, Reggie Wayne, I mean, you know, those guys and him, Dallas Clark, I mean, he turned them in, in, and he turned the Colts into like a winning franchise. I mean, this was th- this guy, he changed football in Indianapolis forever. Uh, yep. And, you know, he, he went to Denver, obviously, after, after the neck fusion and, in 2012, and he went on to win a Super Bowl there. But, you know, I, I really think that, you know, uh, like, you know, in terms of di- great dynasties, you know, we had the Brady dynasty, we have. Uh, Bart Starr, the dynasty of Bart Starr. We have, um, God, why am I, why am I blanking on this? The Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman years in Dallas. I mean, we have all these great dynasties, but there's really nothing like the Manning football dynasty. And I, I, I hate to bring Eli into it because again, <laughs> I'm not a huge Eli guy either, but I have to give that football dynasty so much credit for what they've done but it it was really Peyton that really made football enjoyable for me to watch uh you know for me uh the the 2006 Super Bowl was the first one I actually watched so you're saying Eli didn't make it fun to watch (laughs) uh I mean no I I well he made it fun when he was on the ground in his you know in his trademark in his trademark facial expressions that made it that made me oh, very happy. Oh man, all those memes are still good to use, man. <laughs> they're still, still so, good stuff. They're so usable. Like, you know, and they'll never they're never going to run out of uh they're never going to run out of gas cuz they just they don't run out of gas. Uh they're they're timeless. They they're absolutely timeless. But um I do want to uh I let's let's go back to and I I know we talked about Jalen Hurts already. 
But uh, we're, we're you know we're wrapping up this draft, and before you know before I let you go after this draft, uh, I kind of want to you know find out what you think of the future of Jalen Hurts. I know we touched on it briefly a little bit, but uh, do you think that he's going to be the Eagle starter for the next say five to seven years? I could see it. I could see a reality where that happens. It really comes down to what does he do in this year, and I think that. Nick Sirianni, if, if if a lot of those concepts and what they did in Indy cross over to Philly, we're going to see an offense that's very, very different than what happened to Jalen Hurts last year. Like, if you look at Jalen Hurts last year and what they did and how they utilized him, I mean, out of, I, I want to say it's like uh, all the quarterbacks with over 100 or more dropbacks, Jalen Hurts, dot was second to only Joe freaking Flacco. Like, so all they basically did was say, Jalen Hurts, run around in circles and then throw it deep. You know, I, I think that this offense is going to be more quick timing. I think they're going to design more easy completions for him and then roll him out, get him uh, into space. I think this offense is going to be great this year. Like, I think not – well, let me dial that back a little bit. <laughs> not going to be great. It, it's going to no, be a little I, bit ugly. I think it's going to be great for him. Let me put okay. it that way. I, I think like we're going to see a different Jalen Hurts in an offense that's going to scheme up easier throws for him than what he was asked to do last year. And if that's the case, and Jalen Hurts is, shows that he's a better passer than what anybody gives him credit for, which I think that he is, because he showed that during his time in Oklahoma, if you go back and look at him coming out as a prospect, mm-hmm. and you dive up how good he was at all different levels of the field, whether it was passer rating, completion percentage, um, if you want to go to PFF grades and things like that. Like, he was good. He was really, really good. And so I think that he was put into a difficult situation with Carson Wentz breathing down his back. And he was put into a difficult situation because nothing was done the way it should have been done in Philly last year. They poorly utilized Miles Sanders. The offensive line was in shambles. You had them playing players like the zombie corpse of Alshon Jeffrey over Travis Fulgham. Like, it was yeah. just a bunch of shit. And it was basically Jalen Hurts go make this, you know, polish up this turd and make it work. And so I think this year you're going to see a more cohesive offensive system. You're going to see easier completions. I really could see Jalen Hurts being the quarterback, um, whether it's you want to talk about five years. I could see him being the starter for at least the next three years. And in fantasy, that's all we can ask for right now, Sam. I mean, Mm -hmm. in dynasty, I think you can't play any longer than like two years because the landscape, players, all of that stuff changes so damn fast. And you really can't go that far out. So, for what we care about in Dynasty, yeah, I, I, I'm fine with Jalen Hurts. Like, I'm willing to sit here and make that bet. And if I'm wrong, then, well, you know what? I'll be trading for a quarterback after this year. But I'm, I'm going <laughs> to ride with Jalen Hurts. I, I like it. And, you know, not not enough people are willing to give Jalen Hurts a, you know, a true shot as being the, as being the top dog in Philly. And, you know, I'm, I'm a little skeptical myself. But uh, I, I have faith. And... I was always a Carson Wentz fan. I, I think he's a mental midget for what happened, but uh, I think this system the the system is a lot different now, and I, I think oh, yeah. I think we're gonna see that change almost immediately. So hopefully it'll it'll go well with them, and uh, you know we will be talking about Jalen Hurts as a franchise quarterback next year. But uh, you know, let's close this out a little bit. Uh, let's get some. Let's get some of your rankings here. Let's go through uh, your top fives at each position to close right. out this show. So quarterbacks, at least as of right now, I'm with Mahomes. I got Josh Allen as QB two, Kyler's three, Dak is four, and Lamar is five. 
Not probably a, a lot of surprises. I mean, anybody tickle your fancy is like, whoa, what the hell is that? Uh, I actually have Kyler at one for mine, but other than okay. that, other than that, I think, and that only, look, and I can't believe I'm saying this now because I was not a Rondale Moore guy pre-draft, but I love, really? I love, why do you I, not like Rondale? <laughs> well, besides the fact that he's shorter than I am and that's really hard. And he's also got a vertical that's probably like four times both that's, of us. That's that's Sam. that's fair. That's fair. And the dude can squat 600 pounds, but I don't when know. When he jumps, he's probably he's got the catch radius or at least the catch point of somebody that's about 6 feet tall or 61. So He's an analytical dar- he's an analytical darling. Uh, I do not understand analytics. I am frightened by them. So I I err on the side of caution with Ronda Moore. I've never been a huge fan, but I like the landing spot. He's gonna step right in there, and he's gonna he see if everyone if he does what everyone says that he can do, you know he steps in and he's the immediate uh, short short area middle of the field target guy for Kyler. <laughs> Sorry, I just got sniped. Somebody just took Brian Edwards right before me. That's why. My hands. So let me ask you, why are you a Brian Edwards fan? Um, can I ask you, can I throw this back at you? Why are you not? <laughs> uh, maybe because <laughs> the fact that he had third round draft capital and was targeted 15 times last year, that, that, that's going to play okay. a big part for me. All right. I'm going to push back on both of those things. So you're talking okay. about a wide receiver that got third round draft capital when he wasn't even able to work out. Okay. This is all based off of his analytical profile, and I don't even know if the Raiders believe in analytics or not, or they just watch the tape or what have you. Mm -hmm. But this was a guy that wasn't able to work out prior to uh, said Harold. Let me get this pick real fast. Ah, I got sniped again. Ramadre Stevenson is gone. That's a good good one. I was thinking thinking about that. But I like Amari Rogers, so. (laughs) So, but with Brian Edwards... Got the third-round draft capital, wasn't even able to work out, didn't have a pro day, mm-hmm. was coming off of a broken foot. Now you had, enter into a weird offseason, mm-hmm. and I think that if he would have worked out, considering his size, considering what he did, he never even posted a 1,000-yard receiving season at South Carolina. Right. Yet he went in the third round. Considering all of that, if he would have worked out, I think he would have been a second-round pick. But mm-hmm. he dropped because we didn't have testing numbers on him. And, it, mm-hmm. and his numbers weren't great if they just want to stare at the page. So I think those are the reasons, um, some of the reasons why you believe in him, some of the reasons why, why he dropped. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as what he did or didn't do in his rookie season, I mean, the guy, again, was recovering from a broken foot, also missed a ton of time. I think it was a knee and an ankle sprain, missed like four or five games in the rookie season as well. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about weird offseason. He's behind the eight ball was injured walking into the year, and he missed time during the year. All of these, and I'm not trying to explain away like why he didn't do anything in his rookie season, but these are all things, if you compound all of these things on top of each other, mm-hmm. I mean, tell me why or how he was supposed to succeed. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It doesn't, it, it doesn't stop me from, you know, wondering just, uh, you know, what, what the plan for that offense is, because it really doesn't, the, the offense as a whole outside of Darren Waller makes little to zero sense for me from the running backs down. You know, with that, uh, let, let's hear your top five running backs there. So my top five, I mean, there's probably not a whole lot of surprises. I'm going to sit mm-hmm. here and shatter everybody's earth here. Earth here. Uh, CMC, 
Dalvin, Saquon. Uh, I do have Zeke as my RB4, and JT right now is my RB5. That's, That's interesting. You're not you're not a Henry guy for this year? You think he's going to fall It's not that I don't cliff? love Henry. I just think that – I okay, so with Henry, I think that he's going to get the volume. The problem and the thing that I don't hear enough people talking about is I think Todd Downing is a terrible coordinator. I think that he is not – I've heard that. I've heard that. And – I think that all the things that have helped this offense be so damn efficient could possibly all wither and die this year. Like, they were extremely fast-paced last year. You look at, like, neutral script pace, total pace. They were top five in both of those. Todd Downing was not good the last time we saw him run an NFL offense. And people were Mm -hmm. like, well, they kept him in place because he's going to run the same things that Arthur Smith was. Okay, so your best hope is that Todd Downing is a watered-down version of Arthur Smith. And that's what we're trying to sit here and tell ourselves and buy into all of this. So I think that Derrick Henry is going to get the volume, obviously, as long as he's healthy, which I'm not projecting injuries. But if the offense is less efficient and it doesn't run as well, they've lost skill players on the on the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm really, really high on Anthony Ferksker, but I'm really low on all these other passing options. Like, do I like A.J. Brown? Yes, I like A.J. Brown because the target volume. Am I willing to buy into a ton of A.J. Brown considering that he is extremely high-priced right now? Not a ton. Because if Ryan Tannehill takes takes a step back, you're really all basing all of that off of target volume. If he doesn't hit the touchdowns, he's probably not going to pay off the fact of you're already drafting him at, at wide receiver 6, wide receiver 5 right. in a lot of different spots. So this is not that I hate Derrick Henry. It's just that I think that Zeke is in for a massive bounce back. The Cowboys are going to be close to the top of the NFL in plays run. They're going to be close to the top of the NFL in points scored, as well as Jonathan Taylor, dude. He was way better as a receiver than people give him credit as a prospect coming into the NFL. He showed Nick Chubb, like, ability to break off long runs. I will not be, like, shocked. And this is going to sound very hyperbolic. If Jonathan Taylor gets enough volume and he runs for 2,000 yards... You won't see me sitting here having to like be like, oh my god, look at this, because all he needs is volume, man. That's all he needs. Yeah, yeah, he re- and he really does. And I, I don't. The only reason I'm not, you know, sketched about Downing is that you know they're going to be able to run him into the ground. Whether Downing scheme, you know, Downing's a good coordinator at all. All you have to do is you know run the ball to him. And I'm going to end this by going Jacoby Myers. Um, nice. But I, I like that pick. Jacoby Myers is a nice. Uh, end of the end of the draft sleeper for me, but uh, this was a good draft. Uh, I'm gonna share this. I'm gonna stop sharing the screen so we can go back to just us for the end of this show. But uh, you know, uh, let's get let's get your uh, your wide receivers and tight ends before we head out. Yeah, so um, I'll give you actually two sets of uh, wide receiver ranks here okay. uh, for my top five. We're gonna go with uh, if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. I'll give you that set, and then I'm going to give you the opposite set. So if Aaron Rodgers goes, poof, he's bye-bye. He's to Denver. He's wherever else. He's not in Green Mm Bay. Mm -hmm. If he stays in Green Bay, I'm going to go back with Adams as my wide receiver one. Diggs is my two. Tyreek's my three. Keenan Allen is actually my four. DeAndre Hopkins is my five. Now, if, if he does leave, I think Diggs can be the number one wide receiver. I still think that that's in his range of outcomes in fantasy this year. Um, Tyreek's two, Keenan's three, Hopkins is four, and I'll, I'll put A.J. Brown for the time being as five. 
Because I think there's a muddle mess. Like, I could see it being A.J. Brown. I could really see Allen Robinson also being a top-five guy. Like, I think that's in his range of outcomes with better quarterback play. If we do see Justin Fields start at the beginning of the year, I think Allen Robinson could be a top-five guy. So, five's kind of in flux for me. I agree. I love the Keenan Allen ranking, but by the way, I mean the he's highest, wide receiver three with Herbert I last year. Like I people are like, okay, well, how can you put him inside the top five? And I was like, did y'all see him play last year? Did you see how many targets he got? What changed about that? What right. changed? I, I have mean, him, they I lost have Hunter six. Henry. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, how is he not going to eat? I have him at six, and the only reason I don't have him inside my top five is because Calvin Ridley currently opt occupies the number five spot for me. I right. huge Calvin Ridley guy. I, I called that he was going to be a top, top eight guy last year. Absolutely. I was with you infatuated with him. Julio, uh, you know, from what I've heard, you know, and, and who knows at this point, Julio is, you know, 50, 50 to be a member of the Falcons this year. Who knows where he's going to go next? Uh, I do think that they have to shed his, shed his salary because they are in cap hell. But, uh, you know, we'll go with that. And then uh, let's hear your tight end rankings. Let's round it out. So, Kelsey's my one. Obviously, that's chalk. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to sit here and push back on you for that. Right. Darren Waller is my number two right now. Might as well. Um, Kittle's my three. Hawkinson's my four. And number five, I'm going to go with actually a guy, and I, and I know I crapped all over Todd Downing, but I'm going to go with a guy at number five because they have nobody left to catch the damn ball. Anthony Fertzker is my number five. And actually, that's why I reached for him in this draft. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at how he's been utilized, all tight ends that had 25 or more targets last year, he was number one, one above everybody else in slot snaps. That's above Mike Gusecki. That's above Logan Thomas. That's above everybody else. He's going to be used as a wide receiver. So everybody that's tossing... Love out there about about Josh Reynolds. Uh, you, you're picking the wrong baby to love right now. Oh, I think yeah. it's Berkshire. Berkshire is yeah. the guy that I want, and his ADP is still stupidly cheap. He's um, no so John. I, I'm in on him. He's no Johnu Smith, but he can run. I mean, we we saw we saw a couple plays from him where he was able to take yep. the ball. He was able to run, you know, good routes. I mean, he's no slouch. And and the fact that they did not add anybody of value when everybody was projecting them to go wide receiver in round one or two. Mm-hmm. I think that Ferkser has a huge chance. I'm not ready to rank him in the top five personally, but he's inside my top 10. And we all know that the top, the six to 12 range is always a crapshoot from year to yep. year over the past few years. It would not shock me to see him be at number six, uh, you know, behind the, uh, Kelsey Kittle Waller, and then the Hawkinson, Andrews, and Pitts group as well. It would not see shock me to see him land at the back end of that group. I mean, my whole thing with Fersker is he could have, like, all these other guys, like, we're talking about. I mean, Sam, like, he literally could be this year's Logan Thomas, a guy that has, like, a 25 26% target share because they have nobody mm-hmm. else to throw the damn ball to. Uh, that's the reason why I gravitate to him over – like people like Mark Andrews, who has dominated the target share in Baltimore. That ain't happening with Sean Bateman there now. So I'm going to go off the page, and a lot of times the way that I do my rankings and stuff like that, and whether that's rookie drafts, whether that's best ball, whether that's seasonal, is 
The other thing about this is that, and this is not just ranking players high to be like, oh, here, here, look at oh, look what I threw at the top. Ha ha, you're going to talk about it and give me shit about it. I do it also because if people are utilizing our rankings, which you put rankings out there into, into, into the space, if people do utilize them, I'm above consensus on these players because I believe in them and I believe in, in their path to do these things. It's not mm-hmm. just for hot takes. It's not just for clicks. It's not just so I consider and be different than everybody else because we've, we've run through this list, dude. Like, there's a lot of chalk that I'm eating throughout this top five list. But right. these other guys that I think they can actualize pads that I'm willing to sit here and take some stands on that maybe other people aren't. Absolutely. But uh, I, this was a great show, you know, apart from our small technical difficulties earlier. I really want to thank you for coming on. Uh, go ahead tell everyone where they can find you, all that stuff. Yeah, man, check me out on Twitter at Debro underscore FFB. Uh, you talked about the podcast uh, we're at Fade the Chalk on basically every platform you could possibly find podcasts at. My co-host, uh, Adam Pfeiffer, and I, we, we do four to five episodes per week. We go through DFS, Redraft, Dynasty, Best Ball, all kinds of stuff. Basically, if it's about fantasy football or the NFL, we're probably going to talk about it, man. And the rest of my content is spread across all of FTN. So FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets, FTNDaily.com. Uh, if you head over there right now, I mean, we've got all kinds of stuff dropping um, I just dropped a, a four-round. Uh, I've got actually got two four-round rookie mock drafts, both one quarterback and super flex. I got a uh, a free uh, article series going right now with Brad Evans. We uh, we're going through our top booms, busts, breakouts, and bets. We're going to go through all 32 NFL teams. So if you want to get in the door at FTN and sit here and see what we're all about, go check those free articles out. You like the content, get signed up, man. Use the promo code FTC, save 10%. It's, it's, it's a ton of content. For the amount of money that people pay for fantasy stuff, it is a ton, ton of content pouring out of FTN daily. And a, and a great team that you guys got over there. Uh, guys, you guys can find me at Swagman95 on Twitter. You can find me at the show FF on Twitter. All my uh, all my video content over at 14P, 14P underscore pod, and uh, all my Eagles content over at 4th and John. Thank you, guys. Good night.